We are the future. A podcast by me, a 16-year-old agriculturist, hoping to inform you about the past, present, and future of the agricultural industry. Hello, welcome to episode one of We Are The Future podcast. Today I am with my FFA advisor, ag teacher, role model, Miss Jones, and we're going to be speaking to her. So hi, thank you for coming on. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah. So we're just going to be talking about how you are a big, play a big role, especially in my life, of just growing future agriculturists and really starting, I think, the spark that a lot of kids have in wanting to go into agriculture. That's how it happened for me, at least. And so, first of all, seeing as that's what you do, you're helping grow future agriculturists, what do you think is the most important thing to bring to the ag industry as an incoming agriculturist? Sure. Um, You know, agriculture education focuses a lot on career readiness skills. Um, But I think one of the most important things that an ag teacher can do, it starts in the classroom and starts, like you said, is like that inspiration and that motivation piece, right? So it's building relationships, it's engaging students with those really fun aspects of agriculture, um, and then giving them some tangible experiences to be able to connect to agriculture. Um, so being able to take trips, see, like we will usually travel to our local feedlot. Um, we're taking your class here in a second. Um, and being able to talk to industry professionals so that, that students have a little bit of a background and an interest. I think when students enter, whether it's a four-year school, if it's a trade school, um, if they go straight into industry, it's really hard to get to the point where you feel like you've wasted like four years of education or training or work <laughs> and find out yeah. it's not something you're passionate about. So I think one of the most important things that students can come into either their training or industry with is a sense of focus, a sense of passion, and a sense of direction um, with what they want to contribute and can contribute to the industry. Um, And so we we try in our (laughs) ad classes to expose them to as much of that as possible so that they're they're getting those those pieces and getting um, exposed to those different components. Yeah, absolutely. I can say from just being in some of your classes, like it's constantly like on the move, like on the go, we're doing a new thing and learning about a new thing every single day. So yeah, that makes sense. That's definitely something that happens in this classroom. Well, and we get exposed to things sometimes either through class or through those experiences that I can't provide in class. Um, So when we were at national convention a couple years ago and we were sitting with um, one of your classmates, Carly, And we're, they were celebrating, I think it was 60 years of women in the FFA organization. And Carly was really interested in botany and plant science at the time. And the one of the women that was on the stage during their feature was a botanist for NASA. I did not know that NASA had a botany department. So like, yeah. we were able to get a whole little project going with, with their research team oh, with, yeah. with NASA, which was really cool. Um, and so it's a learning experience for me too, but that exposure is so, so important. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It's a million miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, with that being exposure is a big part, like you said. We live in a very small community, very small school, but I think that, especially here, there's a lot of benefits with that, whether it's just, oh, hi, I have steers in my backyard, like constant exposure to the ag industry, whether you're in FFA or not, you still know somewhat about it living here. Yeah. So with that, um, how has teaching in a small school impacted your view on agriculture, just with students that, like, 
they're coming in and they probably have at least a little bit of background and stuff like that. Like, how has that impacted your view on ag? Um, it was really intimidating at first, actually, because so I don't come from an agricultural background. Um, I grew up in Northern California. I got involved with agriculture through FFA in my high school. I had a really inspiring couple of ag teachers. And so when I enter like a small rural community, especially like my first year teaching with students and families that I didn't know yet that do come from farming and ranching backgrounds, yeah. that was stressful. I'm like, oh man, my kids are gonna know more than me. Um, but, but a lot of times that's not actually the case. It's the fact that they have experiences that I don't have. I'm actually connect, helping them to connect the information and the knowledge and the context with what they're doing at home, which oh, is wow. really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and so as I learn a lot from, from our community members, but I think being in a really small community has the benefits of utilizing community assets. Like you said, whether there's um, someone that's got livestock, they're willing to let us come judge or yeah. they'll come in and do um, flushing demos with their goats or something. You know, we, we get all these great inputs from professionals in our community because it's small, because they value agricultural education, because they're connected in, in with our kids. Um, gives me a lot to work with, which is cool. Um, I think the downside to being in a really small community is we miss some of that exposure yeah. to things that we don't have here. Mm -hmm. um, so in the Arkansas Valley, if anyone is listening that doesn't live here, um, we were a farming community and then we had a lot of buy and dry and so now we're ranching because we don't have a whole lot of water. Um, so our ag production is somewhat limited. Um, we've got like Rocky Ford, so we've got a lot of produce and that's really cool. But a lot of the really large scale production ag students don't get to see as much. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd say like that's the one downside I kind of see with, with yeah. a smaller community, at least that's kind of disconnected from other parts of ag in the state. But same thing with other parts of ag in the state, they don't get to see the more specialty crops that we produce here, so. Yeah, definitely makes sense. There is, like you said, specialty crafts I think that's one part being a student in a small school like this that's a really cool thing like we don't have a lot of that big like large-scale agriculture and stuff like that but at the same time we know like specific people and we know that they have this operation going and this operation going like me specifically me and my two younger sisters all have our own herd of cattle and it's like really cool to be like that so yeah that's one that's a cool thing it's got its gives and takes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when did you first know that you wanted to have a career within the ag industry? You said you got involved. You didn't have an ag background, but you got involved through FFA, which I think that happens with a lot of kids. That's what yeah. happened with me. But when did you first know for sure? Um, so my... So I have a split family. My, my step family, my brother, my stepbrother is a, or was a bull rider. And so when I was growing up as a ballerina, I was always going to be a prima ballerina. And then I think for a little while I wanted to be like a reporter because I loved Gilmore Girls and I wanted to be like Rory Gilmore. Yes. Um, but then, you know, so my brother was a bull rider. I started getting into rodeo and I got into horses and I loved that. And so, you know, like every other horse girl, I was like, I'm going to be a veterinarian. <laughs> and then my sophomore year, I took AP biology and which is funny. I love it now. But at the time when we got to like any level of organic chemistry, I was like, man, <laughs> Makes I'm, sense. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe, maybe not. This is not yeah. the path for me. But at that point, I'd already been slipped in with the um, FFA chapter there in my whole ag program. Um, my sophomore year, I was a chapter officer. Um, I did prepared and prepared public speaking, creed speaking my freshman year, parliamentary procedure, livestock judging, ag sales. Jeez. I think that's it. Yeah, a little of everything. I think that year I was in an ag mechanics class and an ag communications class. 
Um, so it was just like, it became a real family for me and I always loved school. So I always feel like, you know, it's not the same for me, but I had a lot of other friends that didn't love school and in our small school here, people do sports or FBLA. And so there's a lot of different buy-ins, but at my school, I felt like a lot of our chapter were misfits. Like we didn't have a whole lot of other activities and cliques that we fit in with. And it was like mm -hmm. our reason for being there. Um, and I think our FFA chapter and those opportunities really like was the reason that a lot of our group came to school and that was really yeah. powerful. And so, um, because I've always loved school and I value education, I wanted to help do that for students. Um, so I think by probably sophomore, junior year of high school, I knew I wanted to do agricultural education. And then from there on, I just, yeah, wow. right, right through that. <laughs> um, but I just, you, you know, whether you're a traditional student that comes from agriculture or a non-traditional urban, or just haven't had a whole lot of experience and exposure in it, um, mm -hmm. FFA can be such a home, um, for students because of those opportunities. And so I really wanted to, to provide that and be a, be a resource for that. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a real thing, especially here. Like we are involved in everything. Like everyone's in everything, but I feel like FFA has a big difference because a lot of us that's like the things we learn in FFA, that's what we go home to. Mm -hmm. Like the agriculture aspect and when you learn more and more about it, you start to like catch up and you learn more about like what's actually being talked about at the dinner table like you're oh, this makes sense now and just stuff like that. So I think that's a really good way to connect and that's really cool that you do that like that's your whole job well and that's... i think ag ag impacts everybody whether you're yeah. related to production ag or not mm -hmm. meat. and so <laughs> agricultural education has two main goals and that is one to create informed decision makers and two to prepare students for careers in agriculture we wow. hope that everybody graduates our program and goes and pursues an agricultural degree or program or career and that's great but that's just not how it goes yeah <laughs> um but but we want to make create informed decision makers so that when laws get passed when it comes to what you're buying at the grocery store you can make good decisions for yourself for your family for your communities for our country yeah. um and and that goes into play in other fields as well no matter what industry you enter Absolutely. if you learn some communication or speaking skills yeah <laughs> they're probably going to transfer over so you know i think it provides something for everybody ffa it's my favorite quote is ffa is not for everybody but it is for anybody oh yeah that's good yeah <laughs> that's awesome um so with being in agriculture and in ffa and everything like that from my experience, at least, when we go to these competitions with FFA and everything like that, you see a lot of male advisors and male people like that. So I don't know if we, you would really consider it a male-dominated field that you're in, but I feel like there's not as many women as there is males. So how's your experience with that? Like, how's yeah um so so like for some context our particular ffa district is primarily male ag teachers now my graduating class i think we had one male teacher out of oh, wow. like 10 of us yeah Jeez. we were all women um so education is a primarily primarily yeah. female dominated field um but agriculture does still tend to be a primarily male dominated field mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think that's really regional, like whether it's throughout our state or throughout our country, it does depend on where you are, yeah. um, what type of program you're in. When you're in smaller rural communities, it does tend to be more male, traditionally male dominated. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I've had s struggles with that where, um, it, you know, I've, I felt like things were a good old boys club before. Um, and that, that is absolutely really challenging. And I think that that sometimes can be um, 
a deterrent for young women wanting to enter the field. Yeah. Um, my college roommate pursued a degree in um, soil and crop science, and she was aiming to be an agronomist. And she had such a hard time entering the field because it was, I mean, young men that were younger than her and less qualified for her than her, but who had the family name or who had mm. grew up on the farm in the same way. That's we're getting, crazy. Yeah, yeah, we're getting the interviews or the jobs and it was really frustrating. And she ended up going back and deciding to pursue ag business and, and adding to her degree so she'd have some more, some more things to bring to it. But it can be a challenge. Um, I think what's really, really important is a, that we're encouraging young women at a young age. And so like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going back for more science schooling right now. I'm working on a second bachelor's degree. Um, but that we're encouraging young women to pursue the fields that they're passionate about um, very young and not, and not bringing up that, you know, this is a male-dominated field, so it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. Be aware of that. It's, hey, this male-dominated field, it's going to be hard, so you should do it. Yeah. Um, I think the way that we have those conversations with female students um, is important. Um, you know, the, the other side of that, though, is that we don't get enough male um, participants in a lot of other parts of our field. So yeah. I noticed, like, in it's our true. chapter, I'm a female advisor, and I'm the only advisor here. So mm -hmm. it's great because I've got young ladies in the shop welding all the time that's not the way everywhere. Like usually yeah. our welding, our ag mechanics classes is mostly men. I think compared to other areas, we do a pretty good job of mixing it up in, in the shop. However, I really struggle to get young men motivated to do contests and officer yeah. or like leadership development roles. Sense. Yeah, because they don't see somebody who looks like them in that position. And that's, yeah. that's one of the problems that I see with a gender gap like that is when students don't see somebody who looks like them, whether it's their gender, whether it's um, a person of color that looks like them, or you know whatever that mm -hmm. background is, if they don't see somebody in the position that they want, that's successful in the position they want, they don't necessarily assume that they can achieve that position. Yeah. Um, and so I think continuing to just bring in leadership um, that represents the students that we're serving is really, really important either at the program level in high school or in the industry level after they graduate. Absolutely. So then with that, how do you go about telling <laughs> either like girls, hey, you can weld. Like that was me. I signed up for ag mechanics this year and I was struggling with the table saw and yeah. like straight up. And like with boys too, those leadership events, like not a lot of guys want to do public speaking or Parley right. Pro, like you said. So how do you go about encouraging that? Um, <laughs> You're just like, just do it. It sounds simpler <laughs> than, be fine. than it actually is. Um, I think with getting, for me, with getting women into the shop, it was a lot easier because I was like, okay, I have everybody in Ag One. They're going to do a little bit of everything. We're going to try some stuff. And then whatever sticks, it's usually, I, th I think it's easier for some of those ladies because they're like, oh, it's a female ag teacher. She's welding okay. And, yeah. um, you know, I was like, I do my hair. I do my makeup. I'm, I'm pretty girly. <laughs> so yeah. it's not like I'm... I'm a little bit broken from that stereotype. So they're like, okay, that must not be a stereotype. So they're going to try it. And yeah. those that don't like it won't do it again. But mm -hmm. those that do had the chance to say, oh, I can do this. It's a worth a shot. And, and now then you'd like you, you can take ag mechanics and you're mm -hmm. like, oh, I might take advanced ag mechanics next year. Yeah. Um, so that's easy <laughs> to get, to get on the other side. I've, you know, that's something I've started having conversations with my principal about and our AD about, cause they're both awesome male leaders in our community and at our school um, and having them come in and work with some of our young men and bringing them into some of those roles that they're not represented in right now mm -hmm. um, 
because I can't do that on my own. Like I, I'm a fan of feminism, but feminism is a two-sided issue. Um, you have to represent both sides. Yeah. Um, and both sides have deficits in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I don't have a great answer. I'm just like, how to do it? I don't know. We try. We just, just do it. <laughs> um, be okay with failing at it and being constantly reflective of how we can do better. I think yeah. is the best, the best advice I'd say. All right. So going into the ag industry from anytime from FFA into getting college education, any of that, what was the best advice that you were ever given about just going into that industry? Um, you know, I almost like don't consider myself as like being in the ag industry. Mm -hmm. Um, because I don't have a whole lot of agricultural background having grown up. Like I didn't grow up on a farm. Like we had ranch animals and stuff like that. Um, but because of that, I don't really feel like I'm fully in the ag industry. But I think when it comes to like career advice for students, either in high school, graduated, um, or adults even, like for mm-hmm. if there's any ag teachers listening, um, I think the biggest the biggest piece of advice I could think of is keep moving on a path. Like your path may change, but keep going in some direction. Um, when we teach SAEs in class, mm-hmm. um, supervised agricultural experiences, sometimes a student's SAE has nothing to do or seems to have nothing to do with their career goal. Um, we might have a student that raises market lambs, but they want to be a graphic designer. We spend so much time trying to identify what skills and experiences they're gaining from their SAE that can translate yeah. because there are. So yeah. you know, if you don't get into the school that you want to, start getting training in some other area that's somewhat related or that still interests you. Um, if you find an internship that's kind of in the same field, but you know, you're not sure, but you get qualified for it and they're going to pay you good money. That is, that's going to move you forward. Even if it feels a little side to side or like a little zigzaggy path, Mm -hmm. if it's still moving you forward, take every opportunity that you can. Um, and then I think my second piece of advice is 100% taken from a professor. There's a professor at CSU, um, who says this all the time and he says don't let school get in the way of education oh wow and, <laughs> and that, that doesn't matter that doesn't mean as much as high school in high school you need to be in your classes we take attendance yeah <laughs> um but in college they don't right and so um you know if you are a really really outgoing perfect attendance type a kind of person that's great don't spend so much time doing everything by the book that you miss out on opportunities when they come your way. Um, sometimes the right job, the right project, the right degree or, or um, training is going to show itself at an inconvenient time. If it's yeah. still going to benefit you, try and take advantage of it. Um, and I said, just I think that's so important. Yeah. Wow. That's good. That's a good. That's crazy. So yeah. stay in school though. Like do your <laughs> That's work. That's important still. Yeah. <laughs> um, with that, with saying how, you know, st- keep moving on your path. Keep moving on your path. Has there ever been a time where you've experienced something where it's like, kind of threw you off your path, like threw you off guard, like just a struggle that you've had. Two thousand and twenty. To... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah. It, you know, we'll talk about education for a second. Mm-hmm. I have had serious second thoughts about like teaching and education um, through this pandemic because of the way um, community members, like not necessarily our community members, Mm -hmm. but like the public in general 
seize teachers and seize education. Um, and so that was part of why I shifted focus a little bit and got decided to um, get a second bachelor's degree in a more hard science field. But as I continue that, I find more opportunities within those sciences yeah. that I can bring into the classroom um, and that I, I can help guide students in. And so, um, you know, take the opportunities as they come to you, um, but, but like, don't make yourself miserable. And so uh, this year was definitely a, a second guessing <laughs> year for a lot of us. Something else. Um, yeah. But, you know, a, a lot of times it was just trying to figure out what, like, what I can't control and yeah. trying to work with what we can. And I think we've done a really good job. Um, I say we, because I do not run the program. I am the sole teacher, but our program <laughs> is run by our chapter officers and our members and our community and our staff. Um, yeah. And so we're really, really fortunate to be, to be where we are, um, you know, kind of regardless. It doesn't need to look perfect all the time. If things are going wrong, it doesn't need to look like it would have yeah. in a normal situation. It just mm -hmm. needs to look as good as you can make it look. Um, in in the situation that you're in yeah definitely yeah 20 <laughs> i don't even know this year so much with never did i think i would have to take an ag mechanics class online for so oh my many gosh, weeks yeah, right. at a time yeah but that's definitely a thing that i feel like it, like you said we the chapter we've overcome so much and still throwing events together by who knows yeah, what we're, we're still overcoming <laughs> yeah it's still, still working progress. still going good yeah but, definitely um that and look for help and like resources um particularly if there's any young aspiring ag teachers like don't reinvent the wheel like mm -hmm. if you're an officer rely on your team if you're a member and you struggle talk to your advisor if you're an ag teacher and you need help there are so many other ag teachers out there who will literally just like give you resources and <laughs> curriculum and um, share in these great communities. Talk to your administration if you need it. Um, bring in your communities, community members, engage with your local FBA yeah. chapters. We need you. <laughs> Please. Um, a lot of times ag teachers aren't great at asking for help. If you jump in and say, hey, I'm happy to run this event for you, we will let you. It's not hard. <laughs> um, you know, so, so don't don't let go of having resources in whatever field you study. That's just, you know, how, what it looks like. For yeah, Adam. that's. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, last question I'm going to ask you. Sure. So, like I said before, you are helping raise a lot of the future of agriculture. What is one thing that you see in this generation? I guess you could see, I guess you could say that is going to positively contribute to ag. Um, I think out of the box thinking, and that is both, I think, innate and forced. Our, <laughs> yeah. Well, and the reason is because, you know, we have issues facing this coming generation mm -hmm. that we knew were coming, but they're coming now. Mm -hmm. um, whether that's food insecurity, whether that's a climate crisis, whether, you know, um, a global pandemic. <sighs> Um, yeah. And all of these issues have so much to do with agriculture and our food supply um, and the way that we steward our land and our world. And it is forcing young minds to think outside of the box um, and to enter new fields. There's a field of astrobiology. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. Um, what? <laughs> right? But the, the situation requires a certain level of thinking. Um, and I also think that 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 out of the box thinking comes through with so many of the pieces that 
older generations, and this happens every generation, always sees those negatives. Things like TikTok and <laughs> other social media. I think this generation has such an opportunity to use those things as tools yeah. to communicate, to grow, to innovate. Um, and I think that they can do those things. Absolutely. So I, I really see that, that that can be a positive thing. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Being as going through all this as yeah. the, I, like I am part of that generation. It's definitely, like you said, forced to think outside the box and forced like that. And I think it'll be really beneficial to the future, not just of ag, but like the future of our world. Like we're from being, learning how to be flexible to, oh, mm-hmm. just kidding, you don't have school tomorrow. We're shut down for two weeks. Yeah, to like pandemic's a perfect example. Yeah, You're what? like, I did not think I'd have to take an ag mechanics class online. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so it's like, how do we do that? We have to solve this problem. We have to get, you know, we, mm-hmm. we need to learn this this component. How do we do it? Yep. Um, it's just, like, all right, let's go. <laughs> and I think the, and it, it might not necessarily just be this generation's all, like, as a naturally developed trait, mm-hmm. but it's the fact that you are, and, and I'm not that far, much older than you, <laughs> um, but the fact that you are young and that you're not set in your ways, I really think the pandemic was a lot harder on people that were deep into their careers, yeah. 20, 30 years into their Absolutely. careers, that have a set way of doing it. I'm a third year teacher. So I was like, well, I don't even have curriculum for this class yet. We're going to do it differently. Here we go. And it wasn't, it wasn't the end of the world. And so, mm-hmm. um, I think the younger, fresher minds that are entering the field, whether it's science or production or business or sales or any of the multitude of other facets of agriculture that we have, that, that openness to try new things, um, and analyze failure, yeah. I think will be a huge asset to them and to our industry. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you Um, for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for watching episode one of the We Are The Future podcast. I appreciate your support. To learn more about upcoming episodes and other fun things, follow all my social medias at We Are The Future podcast. Thanks again.